Welcome to the English Language Institute of Singapore's podcast on Inquiry Through Dialogue in the Teaching of Reading and Viewing. Inquiry Through Dialogue is one of the three pedagogical emphases in the English Language Syllabus 2020. This podcast, with the focus on teaching reading and viewing, is one of the podcast episodes in the series Inquiry Through Dialogue. I'm Cedric and with me are Peter and Felicia two EL teachers who share a deep belief in the value of inquiry through dialogue in the teaching of reading and viewing. Felicia and Peter, thank you for the opportunity to have this conversation with you. Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. Let's begin with the question, why? Peter, why do you believe in the value of dialogic talk in your EL classrooms? Well, my belief stems from many sources of evidence that point to its efficacy for English language teaching Mm -hmm. and learning. Dialogic talk is key in helping students co-construct their knowledge and understanding about how to use the language effectively and appropriately. In turn, this ability to co-construct this knowledge and understanding is essential for the development of critical thinking and self-directedness in language learning. These are 21st century competencies, aren't they, Peter? Yeah, that's right. Dialogic talk, too, is collaborative in nature. That is, teachers, peers, and others are all resources for feedback and learning. So we use dialogic talk to build students' ability to co-construct knowledge and understanding through collaborative inquiry and conversations. Felicia, how is dialogic talk relevant to the teaching and learning of reading and viewing for you? Reading and viewing involves making sense of ideas that are expressed in the written or visual modes. This does not need to be a daunting or solitary activity, nor should it consist of merely looking for answers to so-called Comprehension questions. Exactly. In reading and viewing, we must lead students to make sense of the text through supporting them in dialogic talk with us as teachers and with their classmates through posing questions about the ideas that the students are constructing inside their heads Mm. as they read and view a text Mm -hmm. and also discussing how they arrive at the inferences they make Mm -hmm. and the conclusions they form in this reading process. Yeah, indeed. And then from those ideas in their heads, Dialogic Talk supports students in co-constructing their understanding of the text, seeking to understand and build on others' reading of and responses to the text, and learning to become metacognitive about how they are making sense of the text. Yes, Peter, I agree completely. Metacognition would involve students discussing their selection of reading and viewing skills and strategies, what they do to monitor and evaluate their use of these selected skills and strategies. Yes, and what they can do to read more effectively in future too. Exactly. Not all students at the primary level, however, may have the experience of and ability to participate effectively in dialogic talk. I remember, and please not if you uh, can identify with my experience, um, that I gave the entire deck of cards, well, these are talk move cards, to my students, well, they're P6. So there was that expectation that they would be able to use cards, you know, since children use cards just about every day in their their day-to-day interactions. But I, I found to my horror that um, I definitely needed to scaffold the entire process a lot more. Mm. And hence, the necessary skills, learner strategies, attitudes and behaviour, SSAB, need to be taught explicitly as part of my facilitation of student learning. Yes, it's about uh, inquiring about the text through dialogue, through exploratory talk, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's something students may not be used to doing in our classrooms, so it's tough for them. Felicia, mm-hmm. what about your students at a secondary level? Do, you, do they have the ability to participate actively and effectively in dialogic talk? 
Well, the truth is, it varies from class to class. And teenagers are at this phase where they tend to be a little bit more self-conscious, especially when they are talking with others. Also, for the upper levels, as they near the national exams, there's too much attention given to finding the right answers mm -hmm. instead yeah. of building on ideas and perspectives about the issue being discussed. Yeah. Nonetheless, after pushing through all these problems, the students definitely benefit from learning how to use various talk moves to hold the conversation respectfully and also to collaboratively build their schema instead of merely obtaining an answer to each question. So it is clear that dialogic talk is not something that magically happens just by asking students to discuss their understanding of a text. Mm. Earlier, Peter said it is important to teach students the SSAB they need. So here's the million-dollar question. Mm -hmm. Felicia, what are some of these SSAB that you have taught explicitly to students? to enable them to participate effectively in dialogic talk when reading and viewing. Okay, some of these SSABs that students need to listen and view and speak and represent effectively include setting and regulating listening and viewing goals, responding to ideas responsibly, mm -hmm. acknowledging diverse perspectives on the text and participating in such discussions in a respectful manner, mm -hmm. and also Applying the appropriate conversation repair strategies, such as asking, what do you mean? Or how so? When they need more elaboration from their team members. Yes, and these SSAB for dialogic teaching that Felicia mentioned shouldn't be taught in a vacuum. To apply them for reading and viewing purposes, I've taught students to pose critical questions at different levels, build on each other's reading of a text, compare and contrast, summarize and synthesize ideas, critically respond to texts mm -hmm. and apply metacognitive learner strategies to actively regulate their reading and viewing. Thank you, Felicia and Peter, for highlighting some of the SSAB that students need to have for their logic talk that enables them to read and view more effectively. Maybe here's the uh, billion-dollar question. <laughs> what difference or impact have you noticed that your uh, practice of dialogic talk and the teaching of the relevant SSAB have had on your students and their learning? Well, the use of dialogic talk has encouraged my students to think aloud as they articulate their thoughts and the reasons why they have interpreted a text the way they do. Mm. It also includes making clear the various decisions they have made in the process of reading and viewing. Yeah, and in my experiences, facilitating dialogic talk has given voice to those who would otherwise not talk. Mm. And it also offers opportunities for all to learn with the support of their peers, teachers, and other learning resources. Mm -hmm. Progress, however, has been in ebbs and flows, to be honest, and it will take time for students to get used to dialogic talk mm -hmm. and to build the skills and learner strategies they need to use it effectively for learning. But it's been such a rewarding journey. In fact, I, I, I dare say that mm -hmm. it has been one of the biggest enablers in my uh, teaching career. Yeah, to be a lot more dialogic than the usual um, IRF turn-taking. For those of you who know that, it's initiate, respond, and feedback. And palpable differences show up really in their discussions in class as students have fewer instances of speaking tangentially on top of one another. They make more connections among ideas to form more coherent extended chains of dialogue. Mm. Right? There are more elaborated details when agreeing or disagreeing and when building on one another's ideas. 
and there's a more supportive, less judgmental classroom culture. So, so important. Fewer students keep quiet mm. for fear of giving wrong answers. Mm. Mm. And students change their view of talk really as something that they are not just using for oral lessons, but as a learning and teaching tool in the classroom to achieve specific learning goals. That's wonderful. Wow. Peter, yeah. that already sounds like a perfect classroom. Mm. You know, we talked about how secondary students can be a little bit more self-conscious. Well, they've definitely become more confident in their discussions and reading of texts. Mm. But what gives them this confidence, Felicia? Well, this is built upon their growing competence in exploratory talk, the ability to read closely and critically, and in their metacognitive processing, which is to plan, monitor, reflect on, and evaluate the processes in reading and viewing. So when students are metacognitive readers and viewers, they own their reading mm. and their understanding and responses to what they read and view. They also have the skills and learner strategies they need. They can transfer what they have learned to become more self-directed in their learning in other EL lessons and in fact across subject areas as well. But I'm sure our listeners are interested to know what a lesson to teach reading and viewing while emphasising dialogic exploratory talk can look and sound like. So Peter, what do you do in designing and enacting dialogic talk in the pre, while and post phases of a lesson to mm. teach reading and viewing? Yeah, there's no silver bullet for this, but most of the magic in the classroom happens by design. So dialogic talk mm. needs to be really properly planned for to facilitate students' habit of nurturing the talk. Yes. But to get there requires a culture that's built up over time and classrooms are going to vary. Mm. And so here is what I see as the essential preparation, enactment and feedback practices that help nurture that culture. Mm -hmm. For pre-lesson preparation, I refresh myself on seminal literature for the theory and application of talk moves. So Robin Alexander comes to mind. Mm. For this, I familiarize myself with the purposes and principles of dialogic talk. Mm. And that goes beyond just what the sentence structures are in talk move cards. Right. Now, my school has customized our own set of um, sentence structures across the grade levels. But teachers vary them according to contexts. Mm. Then I work in the top moves to be used in the scheme of work at least once a lesson, even if it is just for a period mm. across the language areas of speaking, listening, reading and viewing. So that, that could mean even using top moves when we are reading newspaper articles as well. Mm. In fact, I find that to be the perfect place for um, discussing open-ended questions. Mm -hmm. This way, right from the start of the year, students of all ages learn explicitly what it means to be engaged in dialogic talk. So it's really about taking an open inquiry stance to it and, and building a culture of exploratory talk in reading and viewing. Mm. Peter, what do you do in the classroom? Mm. So during lessons, I write Walt statements. Sorry, what, what's a Walt statement? <laughs> Walt is, we are learning to... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I write Walt statements and success criteria clearly on the board so that everyone can follow as the lesson progresses. It's always good to get back to the Walt and criteria to know where we are. Um, to focus yeah. the students on their learning. Really. Exactly, yeah. exactly. These should not just include the language outcomes of the reading or viewing, but also the outcomes in using dialogic talk. Yes, outcomes for dialogic talk are important. Mm. This is why it is also important to invite students to formulate open-ended questions so that they can take these inquiry stunts 
as they plan to read and view the text. Yeah, like you said earlier, these aren't the ones you find in the assessment books and tests. Mm. Yes, exactly. Questions as simple as why and how help students to begin their inquiry into text, support that inquiry and consolidate their findings as opposed to finding answers to comprehension questions. Mm -hmm. This also helps the students to build the context and gain the prior knowledge for the text that they will read. What about during reading and viewing, Peter? What do you do in that phase of a lesson? Hmm. So having activated their prior knowledge with the aid of posters and other physical scaffolds, such as top move cards and sticks, I model the use of these top moves. For example, how to use um, the top move card for elaboration with a statement like, tell me more, and a student um, actually physically raises that card to signal to others that, hey, I'm going to try to use this move. Hmm. And I do that in whole class teaching. But again, these are scaffolds and we need to release responsibility gradually. Students are then organized to practice the use of dialogic talk in teacher-led group work, mm. student-led group work, student pairs, and even teacher-student pairs. Mm. Through these, students practice the talk moves to co-construct an understanding of the text right. as opposed to a convergent, singular understanding of it. Right. Mm. Mm. Another strategy is to have students take part in a fishbowl-type experience mm. where other groups would listen in on one group, engaging in a dialogic discussion using talk moves. Mm. Mm. This allows for a rich classroom discussion that comes from students' understanding of the success criteria that make for an effective discussion using these moves. That's interesting. Mm. In the secondary school classroom, students can also build these skills and learner strategies for reciprocal teaching, which is an instructional activity for teachers and students to collaboratively make and revisit predictions about what they will read, mm -hmm. formulate and ask questions about the text, mm -hmm. build and clarify their developing understanding of it, and summarize their understanding and thoughts about it. But that's a whole set of skills and learner strategies that mm. students need for reciprocal teaching, Felicia. Mm. Yes, of course. So they would have to have learned these reading skills explicitly earlier before coming together to talk. Mm. Peter, what about um, after reading and viewing? What do you mm. do? Yeah, so the post-lesson is never the end, but really a bridge to further learning. Sadly, however, this is one of the most uh, neglected mm -hmm. parts of the lesson. Right. Now, Felicia mentioned earlier um, metacognitive processing, mm. and this is where that happens. Mm. And this is actually the magic of it, really. Students should reflect on the whys of dialogic talk and how their use of talk moves has enabled them to make sense of texts and be critical about their reading. They should also ask themselves how they can do better the next time and why. Essentially, students are building their metacognitive inventory as they evaluate the tools they are developing through every lesson. Mm -hmm. Well, Felicia and Peter, I'm so glad to have spoken with you about Dialogic Talk, why it is important to have Dialogic Talk for effective reading and viewing, and how it can be enacted in our EL classrooms yep. in mm -hmm. Singapore. Thank you for this conversation with me Thank and I'm you. sure you are with me and encouraging colleagues in our fraternity to make inquiry through dialogue an integral part of their practice of teaching, reading and viewing. Mm. So please join me in thanking our listeners for taking an interest in our conversation. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. You've just listened to an episode of the Teaching, Learning and Assessment podcast series from the English Language Institute of Singapore. To find out more about the LS podcast, visit go.gov.sg forward slash ELIS podcast. Thank you for listening.